Hey everyone, thanks for joining this episode of Strong Dads Community. Today we have three good men joining us on the podcast. They serve their families as both fathers and husbands. We have Simon Van Dyke, Jason St. Cyr, and the founder of Thumos, Jody Lacatino. Each one of these men have shared their stories on previous podcast episodes. You can find Jason on episode 2, Simon on episode 18, and Jody on episode 23. The topic today is around raising strong kids in all aspects of mind, body, spirit, and heart. All three of these men have been working on themselves for years. To their own admission, they've been on the side of failure more often than they would have liked, and the continued learning from those missteps is how they manage to be successful husbands, fathers, and friends today. Together, they share some wisdom and guidance about what it takes to raise strong kids. I hope you enjoy. All right, we got a panel today, Jason St. Cyr, Jody Licatino, and Simon Van Dyke all on the show today talking about modeling intimacy for our children. Um, thank you guys for being here. Simon, uh, maybe you can we can start with you, man. What, uh, what, what, tell us a little bit about your marital status, kind of credentials on this topic. Yeah, so, um, uh, man, I have been married for 23, coming up on 24 years. I've got uh, four kids. Uh, the oldest one is 19 and in college, a freshman. Um, and I've got uh, 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 my my oldest daughter is 17, about to turn 18 here in about a month. And then uh, my two younger ones, uh, ninth and eighth grade, um, and 16 and, and 13. Um, so it is a wild and crazy house with four teenagers. Um, although one is, is off to college, but, uh, I would say that, you know, from the intimacy side, that's always been a passion of mine is showing and demonstrating to my kids, you know, healthy intimacy and healthy relationship. And, um, uh, they're, they're, they're modeling it. And I think that's the, the best thing as a dad is to see, not the, just that they've heard what I've said, but uh, they've seen what I've done. So, uh, thank you, Simon uh, and Jody Lacatino on the call today, founder of Thumos. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Hey, Charlie, glad to be here. Um, married to Abby for coming up on 18 years. Have three boys, Sam, Josh, and Timmy ages 15, 13, and 11. So we are having a blast, and I am doing my best to be a connected, present dad and enjoy every minute of this this journey, this ride. Ah, beautiful. And Jason St. Cyr, thanks for being here, brother. What? Uh, tell us a little bit about your status. Thanks for having me, Charlie. Um, I am, I've been married to Francis for uh, 18, coming up on 19 years. Um, we've had our ups and downs, which are, have been valuable lessons. Um, been together for 24. We were together for six years before we got married. Uh, we have two beautiful boys. Um, our oldest, Ethan, is 14. Uh, our youngest, Evan, is 12. They'll be coming up on 13 and 15 very soon. And uh, this topic is great because, you know, my 14 year old, he's got he's in that space where those hormones are flying, man. And he uh, is very interested in girls and has made some mistakes. Um, and I've been able to coach him through a few of those. And there are opportunities for growth for him. And I've really connected to him deeply uh, when we when we're able to have those conversations. Mm, all right. Very nice. Well, um OK, I guess to kick us off on the topic itself, uh, Simon, you want to 
sort of share, um, you know, kind of where your head's at with uh, with this topic on intimacy, just for the listeners to kind of get a better understanding? Yeah. So, man, uh, Charlie, I remember and, and my my oldest son brought it up with me because uh, he was at our Thumos weekend in August and uh, got to meet you and a bunch of the guys. Um, but, uh, you know, intimacy was a topic that you and I shared. Um, and it was, uh, it was one of the eight F's that, uh, that we were checking in a little bit with each other on. And, um, I started thinking about that and having a conversation with my wife and then also with my kids. It's something that I think, you know, as dads, we're supposed to be these, these macho guys, right? We're supposed to lead well and, you know, um, point of the spear, and uh and that's important we need to see we need to do that and our kids need to see that but we also need to be that uh that lover right i mean we 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 can't be all warrior and no lover and uh and so you know, with my boys um it's important for them to see that you know emotions are welcome and that um softness is important uh especially with the opposite sex um, but then for my girls also to model that a well-rounded man is is all of the things, right? They're the they're the leader. Um, they're they're out there, you know, making it happen. But they have a softer side, and they can put that shield down. They can put that sword down, and they can connect. And um, and that connection can can be in the form of physical intimacy. I think that's kind of easiest for guys. Um, but that true deep connection uh, is that that emotional and even spiritual intimacy that um, that I think is uh, is missing a lot in society today. So, um, you know, I think we can go and talk about just about anything there. But to me, that that was the piece. It was, you know, who are we when we put that sword and that shield down and how do we connect with our spouses and how do we model that well for our kids oh no that's that's great great summary simon thank you for that jody what do you think uh how important is this topic when you when you think about the impact on children how many how important is it for them to grow up and have this as a healthy view versus uh you know something that's not not present at all i think it's huge and i I gotta tell you I probably have a little work to do if I'm just being authentic and being real with you, men. It's, you know, just the term intimacy, just the way I, I, my mind sort of reacts or wants to shield up. That's a truth response for me that says, hey, dude, you got some work to do around that. So, so, so I just want to admit that. Now, from there, I'm going to tell you what I do like a lot, the word connection. Mm-hmm. Connection is centered it's a center point. It's a grounding in my life. And Simon said this brilliantly. You know, we got the king, the lover, the warrior, the magician. These are all stages and tendencies. We may tend to go to one sort of uh, archetype more so than the other. But in Thumos and our men's community, we we want to understand and center and integrate in all of these. And that includes mind, body, spirit, heart. So back to your question. I think this concept of connection is huge. I think it's everything. I can't tell you how many men have been in the center of our circle, specifically on a weekend, and cried tears to us of pain 
about what they did not get from their dad. He was absent. He was abusive. He was an alcoholic. He never spoke to me with, I'm proud of you. I love you, son. You've got what it takes. There was all some sort of lack. And at the end of that beautiful, deep, hard work that that man would do, going to and through sometimes the deepest of the issue, the root of the root cause, because that's where the man finds his healing. What that man needed to hear and what he gets to hear from us on the other end is it's going to be okay. That takes connection. So how important is this topic of dadhood? How important is the concept of connection or intimacy? It's damn near everything. Thanks, Jody. That's pretty powerful. Um, Jason, when you think about your relationship, I mean, you've got kids that are getting older. And do you see, do you have an awareness around your relationship with your wife and how that impacts your kids? Absolutely, Charlie. I think, um, you know, one thing that kids deal with growing up is a very skewed definition of intimacy. Um, you can see this all over social media, all over TikTok, YouTube, uh, you know, the, the people that they look up to um, are more of the type that define in, intimacy as conquest some form of conquest, right? Um, what I try to show them through my relationship with my wife that you know the true definition for intimacy, for me anyway, is vulnerability. That, that's grounded in a feeling of trust with another person, right? Jody mentioned the weekend, the guys in the circle. That is an intimate experience. When you open your heart to someone from a place of vulnerability because you trust that person, that's the definition of true connection. So the best thing that I can do for my boys is to show them or to model that with my wife, to let them know that if you find someone that you trust, it's okay to open up and it's okay to be weak. And that is where you find strength. Mm. That's powerful. The idea of conquest versus vulnerability. I hadn't really thought it in those terms. Um, uh, Simon, can, do you have a specific example just to share maybe tactically of how you do that with your wife? And is it something that comes natural to you now, uh, you know, being that you've been in men's work for so long? Or do you continuously sort of use intention behind it? And I guess in, in terms of vulnerability uh, versus this conquest concept that, that Jason's talking about. Yeah, so I think um, I think I mean, I've got some examples, I think, of, of more of the intimacy modeling, but I, we can save that for later. I think, um, you know, the true intimacy, what you're talking about is 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 that connection uh, with with Laura that is you're not seen it's 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 probably maybe even in a private time and i think um you know i i think it does come naturally to me but it's it's partly because i am um i i think i am more um on that uh that that emotional side the, the bond for me with my wife is way more important than just about anything else um you know she is my best friend um, but she's also, you know, my lover and she's, she's my business partner. She's all those things. But the times where we really 
are the best is when we're locked in and we're we're heading in the same direction. So I think from an intimacy standpoint, man, being able to really lately she's been going through a, a point in her life where work has just been overwhelming. Um, it's it's uh, it's got her going 60, 80 hours a week. In addition, she's putting 10 to 20 hours into my business that, that we both uh, work together. And then she's trying to be a mom to, to three kids uh, who are home and, and one who's coming home uh, on a semi-regular basis. Um, and, and I just stopped her and uh, uh, I cleared her calendar without her knowing it. And just gave her some time. I got my girls to, uh, to to set up a shopping spree with one of her girlfriends. And mom just got to go out. And she wasn't allowed to spend any money on anyone else. And and she these girls just spoiled her for a few hours. And then when she got home, I took her out. And we just went to dinner and we talked. And she broke down. She was just sobbing because I saw that. I saw her. I knew that she needed that space, right? I knew that as much as she wants to be the hard-charging, crazy, badass boss bitch, <laughs> and, and see, she does, and she models it well, that that I saw that she was breaking even when she didn't want me to see it. And so it's that connection of knowing that that something's not right and then trying to determine, you know, what is it that's going to make that connection? How do How do I express without words although i got to do some words as well but how do i express without words that that i know you right that that we're in this together and and that i got your back yeah yeah you 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 know i i think uh, it's real easy i guess when you first start talking about this topic to think of good versus bad and really in, in essence there's there's just it's sort of a spectrum of things that probably don't work as well so i'm curious um, because Simon, that sounds like almost like a, a mastery level of <laughs> of understanding your wife, being vulnerable. I'm really curious to see uh, from you guys what doesn't work, and have you had moments in your life where you've screwed up? What happened, and how did you know that you were screwing up? Like, what was the in, what were the indicators? Because I know there's probably a lot of listeners out there that that uh, don't get this right, that maybe may, maybe haven't been focused on this very long, and so. Um, you know, just just want to see where, where do you screw up? Uh, Jason, you want to kick us off with that? Yeah, man, you mentioned the spectrum, right? And that's so important. So there's a there's this balance that we have to find uh, if we want to be effective. Right. And I'll give you a couple examples. Um, you know, if we want to teach our kids patience, we have to be patient. Right. It takes effort on our parts. Uh, on the other hand, if we want to teach our kids resilience, it comes from a lack of of unproductive effort, right? We have to let them learn their own lessons. So where I've screwed up is not finding that balance, right? Um, and, and it really is around electronic social media. How do I police that, right? Um, if I run things like a dictator and I say, you know, no social media, how attractive does that make that to my children when all their friends are doing it, right? If, if I outlaw it, or prohibit it altogether, they're going to find a way to access that stuff. And they're going to search for it because they know that they can't get it here. They're going to be policed here, right? So now they are operating outside of my influence. I have not always done that well. And it took a lot of guidance from actually Simon's son on a weekend. 
gave me a, a ton of gold around that around that process. And I was able to recalibrate, come back to my kids and honestly become a little bit more lenient around that and coach when I was invited to do so, but not be so much of, of a policeman around every little thing that they that they touched. Mm, great example. Jody, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, coming back to your, your great question around what doesn't work. I've been around men's work for so long, and I'll tell you what doesn't work. A lot of men with great intentions, they were a little bit too relaxed, too nice, too weak, and perhaps even too vulnerable for too long. So when Jason speaks of vulnerability leading to intimacy, he's exactly right. It's beautiful. And the Fumos Weekend probably shows it like nothing uh, that I know. Strong men, not perfect. Strong men sit down in a circle on Friday night and this stuff just starts coming out. And total strangers that are sitting in that circle, they just lean in with so much understanding, acceptance, and compassion. Perhaps the word is love. I think it is. It's beautiful. And we don't make excuses. We don't let the man off the hook. But what gets put into the light tends to not survive. And we go to work on it probably like it's no one's, like nothing else. It's, it's, it's wonderful. That same man can go home and share with his wife, and he does, and he should, and it's beautiful. But if the same man who's weak or broken or alone, he's not in a pack, he's not in a tribe, if he continues to share his weakness, if he continues to share his vulnerability, if he continues to be too nice and continues to perhaps, you've heard the term, put her on a pedestal. If you put her on a pedestal, she has to look down on you. And so what we're saying is, a man does need to be vulnerable. A man does need to be does need to serve. He does need to be kind, but it all needs to be in balance. The man also needs to be clear on who he is. He needs to be strong. He needs to have a his f of fitness working for him. His f of finance, passion, purpose. So he needs enough mojo or thumos. And, and yes, I know it sounds shallow, but some of this, a lot of this, is backed by biology. The point is, the feminine can rest in the feminine when the masculine is doing what the masculine is supposed to do. And when we get that right, when the masculine, who can also be vulnerable, but sits in strength and centeredness and presence, when he's doing that right, that is the best thing that we can do to make our wives feel safe. Now we're worthy to lead from servant leadership. And our boys and girls, our, our sons and daughters get to see that. And it's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. Simon, you have something to add? Yeah, I think I think Jody's exactly right on that. And, and I'll even go maybe a step further in that, you know, I, you can do intimacy wrong when you are um, – Maybe I, I guess the term I would say is oversharing, although, you know, you know, in today's society, everyone says, oh, share everything. But uh, I, you know, I heard I heard uh, on, a, on a podcast one time that, you know, you can uh, you, you can you can have uh, you can have a wife and a lover 
or you can have uh, a nurse and a mommy. And I think sometimes when we share too much, when we share the weakness in the wounds, um, we need to we need to be careful in how we do it because it, it still needs to be in a positive. And as an example, I, I went through a period of time a few years back where I was I was probably in a, in a full depression. It was at least close. Um and I began to share that, right? And I and I and I shared the weaknesses. I shared how that was showing up, uh, apathy, uh, sitting around, uh, you know, on social media or playing some video game on my phone. And um, and and I shared that weakness, hoping that my wife was going to come alongside me and encourage me out of that and 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 help me get to this this place. And and what it turned into was was a fear, and it turned into almost a nagging that anytime she saw me sitting with my phone in my hand, she's like, Oh no, it's, it's that again. And, and so for months, um, like every time I was, I needed that support and that camaraderie and that, Hey, as a team, we're going to go get after this. It was a, are are you going the wrong way? Are you spiraling? Are you, and it was a, a real negative. And so what I've learned is when I am sharing some of those areas that I'm trying to improve upon, I need to take the weaknesses and the wounds to to the men in my life that can help me figure out how to fight that and be strong and and step into to 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 what I need to do and then bring the action items to my wife and say hey you know what I'm going to do honey I'm I'm putting the phone down I'm I'm trying to reduce my screen time and not necessarily going into the deep of why that's what I do in the circle. That's what I do with with other men, but but highlight with her the outcome and the things I'm trying to get better at, so that she can partner with, with me in those things, without worrying and fearing that oh is he is he is he doing that thing he told me about again? And so it's 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 a balance for sure because you could say well you're losing some intimacy, um, but when when they're in mommy mode you're not going to have the partner you want. Man, that, that's so powerful. Everything you just mentioned is tremendously powerful because it, it's it's so countercultural. Um, it feels so counterintuitive, especially in 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 our our world today where you know people are trying to find their soulmates and then you can share everything and and uh, and, and honestly, you know, when we talk about this modeling for our kids like what you're describing is the behavior that you want your kids to have to be able to see that powerful, that powerful dad in the, in the relationship. Um, it's just, it's just so counterintuitive, um, to, to, to do that because I think it's important to have that balance. And, uh, you know, when I think about that, I also think about, uh, what, what Jason just said about, um, kind of learning from a teenager on how to handle his own, you know, teenage kids. And it reminds me of, you know, as a, as a, as a grown dad, you kind of feel like your experience trumps, you know, uh, the, the, the kids and, and the teenagers, but there's some certain aspect of this where you have to meet the kids where they are. You have to understand where they are. And so, and then what comes up for me is pride. Like how much pride, where does pride sit in in your ability to meet your kids where they are and meet your wife where she is and understand that balance there? So, uh, Jason, what are your thoughts on that? 
I think, you know, pride can get in the way sometimes. It's it's a, it's a handy tool, but it could definitely be a barrier. Um, you know, I, I, I believe what Simon says and Jody said was absolutely spot on. You know, when I come to my wife from a vulnerable spot, pride would keep me from sharing anything at all. Right. And and I do think it's important when you come to your wife in a vulnerable place to say, hey, here's here's where I'm lacking. Here's where things are off. And here's my plan. Right. And you're not going to get that plan from the feminine in most in most cases. Right. They're going to they're going to pour into you emotionally, but they're not going to give you the data and the logic that we as men receive in order to take action and get things done. Right. There's there's definitely a uh, a difference in how men and women, the masculine and feminine send messages. But what it does give them is the ability to pour into you emotionally, and that's how they feel connection, right? So you say, hey, here's where I'm at. It's not where I want to be. Here's what I want to do. What do you think? And they're not going to give you, in most cases, data and logic. They're going to they're gonna, they're gonna try to connect you emotionally and give you a completely different uh, set of advice on how to deal with, with the situation and at the same time feel very connected to you at the same time feel like you've let them in and and you are open to what they think and um and available to them emotionally with pride in the way that connection is not possible because if i say i've got this to my wife don't worry i've got this and i say it to you guys i've got this i've got this i've got this well i'm right now i'm an island I don't have anyone because they've all they've all decided that I've got this on my own and I'm fine when maybe I'm not fine. That's where pride can put us. Man, that's powerful. Jody, what, what are your thoughts on, on that? I think um, for us as men, sometimes life is a fine dance between pride and humility. Sometimes I go, I've got this shit. Hold my beer. Watch this a little pride talking. And oftentimes it's, man, I, I don't feel good enough. I don't feel worthy of doing this, whatever it may be, this task, whatever this may be. Who cares? I've got three boys. My oldest son is into basketball. I'm a huge fan of basketball. Not because I inherently like it at five foot nine. I, I don't like it. Who cares? I love it because my son loves it. It's that simple. My middle son, he's more analytical, very smart, solving the Rubik's Cube, playing chess. I've never even played chess. I do now, or I will. Like, I'm a big fan. I'm all in. And guess what? He's like an old soul. He's very smart. And oftentimes when he's doing things like chess where I'm not adequate, I go, well, I know enough, I have enough self-awareness to go. I don't have what it takes to coach him. I have, I have, I have no credibility with him in the game of chess so then i go where can i go get one of my brothers who i know love and trust in thumos to help me out i hired josh curie to be a coach of my son josh because i wasn't the best equipped to do so so i got to have enough awareness enough humility get pride out of the way to go if i can't coach or teach i'm still going to support him and do that and then my youngest son he's more animated movies artsy so what do I do? I grab a sword. We start play fighting in the living room. Oftentimes, as a dad, it's the last thing I want to do. But I do it and I never regret it. I'm always happy that I did it. So my, I, to me, the 
never mind what I want, because what I intend to do is look back and have no regrets. What I want is to connect with my boys. And even when I don't want to do that in the moment, I'm always glad that I did it. Because when I look back, and this is a stoic principle, looking back on my life, I want to go, yeah, I had a lot of connected moments with my boys. I had no regrets. And if anything, I would have done more. Mm. Powerful, man. Does uh, it, it, you just sort of reminded me of uh, just the idea of like God in all of this. And I'm curious where, you know, how you guys feel about um, the relationship with your children, the relationship with your wife, and where is the source of power that you have within you coming from God or if any? Simon, what are your thoughts? I think I think it's you know it's going to be different for each man in their spiritual walk, um, but I, I you know it, it's it's always in the fruit that you that you bear right and so um, you know with with my kids uh, you know fortunately they are all Christ followers um, you know it's been it's been fun to kind of father them through some of those decisions and have some of those deep conversations, um, but I think. I think the, the biggest thing that that Laura and I have tried to do that I think has helped them feel more of that personal relationship. And they say that that your image of God oftentimes is is centered around your image of your dad. Right. Uh, if your dad was a distant and aloof person, you're more likely to be agnostic because you believe God is distant and aloof. Um, you know, if you're. Uh, I honestly, it's really funny. I was, I, I've got a, a number of friends that, uh, we were having this conversation the other day that, uh, you know, they were, they were, uh, they were charismatic and it came from a charismatic church and, uh, they just, man, the, the relationships that they have, uh, with their parents and their understanding of God is just, it's so tight. It's so familial. It's, it's God is here with me. Right. And so it's, it's interesting when you kind of look at that, but getting back to your question, I think that, that, if we if we are going to model our heavenly father in a way that is attractive then we have to be understanding we have to be loving we have to be welcoming we have to be open we have to be able to 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 have that personal relationship with each of our kids um and we also have to again have to have that with our spouses and and because all of that you know all of that really comes down to living what it is that you're trying to model um, and, and, and then feeling what you're saying as opposed to just hearing what you're saying. And I think that's, to me, that's been my, my challenge. And like I said, I've had some, some, some whoopses and some misses, but um, you know, lately that has been the fun thing is them seeing the fruit in my life and being able to say, I want more of that. How do I get that? And then oftentimes it's not even me. It's me connecting them to other people that can help them with that. But I, I just I really do believe that we do our children a disservice if we model poorly God the Father, because we are their first instinct as to what God is, who God is. Wow. Powerful, Simon. Uh, Jason, what are your thoughts on on God? 
I absolutely agree with Simon. Um, you know, every spiritual teacher has taught kindness, patience, generosity, and sacrifice. Right? So when we model those things for our kid, God is there. That's the stuff he's made up, brother. And, and you know, you can read a book and you can go to church and get information, right? But when you model the teachings of your spirituality, that's experience, right? I can't teach anything that I haven't experienced. If I do, it's just words, right? If, uh, if, if, you've, if I've never eaten a steak, if I'm a vegetarian, I can't tell you what a steak tastes like, right? I'm not a qualified teacher. And if you haven't eaten a steak and I have, it's still very difficult, almost impossible to explain to you what a steak tastes like, right? Without giving you a steak. Patience and kindness are the same way, right? If I'm not exploring and embodying patience and kindness, I'm not qualified as a teacher. And the best way that I can teach you is to give it to you. That's how God shows up for us in our family you know we 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 don't rely on the information we put things into practice and man when love is there god is love when love is there god is there mm. jody do you agree with these guys 100 that's why i circle up and learn from them these three boys that are in my household they do not belong to me and abby they don't. They're God's children. They're souls. They're precious souls that never die. I don't care if someone believes in heaven or hell or reincarnation. Most that I talk to, we all believe I'm Christ centered. We all believe that the soul never dies. I am so blessed to have been entrusted for these souls to have been given to me as a lease to guide and shape however long. If it's 18 years under my roof, with the way this economy and world is going, maybe it's 30 years. I don't know. I don't care. It's a beautiful privilege. The word dad, it's my favorite word in the world. Moms do all the grinding. Moms do all the work. Moms do all the labor pain. Laura and Abby especially, because our wives had, Simon and I, our wives had natural births. It's the most beautiful thing in the world. They do all this grinding. And the first words out of the baby's mouth are what? Dad, dad. What a beautiful thing. Poor wives. They do so much work. They're wonderful. But we have these souls that are under our care for some length of time. And I don't want us to miss. Life is just a series of moments. And if we spend time looking forward, there's a whole lot of anxiety. We see it in men all the time. And if we see too, spend too much time looking back, there's a lot of regret and could and what is and should have. Screw all that. Let's be in this moment at this time with our boys, with our sons and our daughters. Whatever we teach, back to your question, whether it's this Christian path or this denomination or this church, see a lot of separation, a lot of that. Pick a path. Pick a path. But it's my belief that whatever path you pick, just like mine, like like growing up around church, but not in it. Going full hardcore church of Christ to where I needed to be at that time, then Baptist. Then I found a whole lot of God like out in nature and with you men. Wow. Go figure. 
And I feel like I'm further along at that point than at any other time. But like there was initial learning first half of life. And then there was a lot of unlearning, which I'm doing now. Like I used to have all the answers as I read the Bible cover to cover and man, all that's good at foundation. And now I'm working a little bit on the unlearning. So if I raise a child, for example, and send them to church and Sunday school, and it's 99.8% women and the feminine, that's great. A lot of love, nurture, care. And the Jesus they learn about perhaps is a, is a meek, mild, gentle Jesus. And with all that learning, dad needs to step up and be aware of what's being taught. And he goes, hey, yeah, all that's good. And how about this, this Jesus that went in there and kicked over the tables of the money? How about this Jesus that went out and into the desert, spent time with wild men and crazy guys? How about that part, the masculinity? And I can see it big time in my sons. Like there's all three are in different schools, everywhere from homeschool, which is like total freedom, but it takes the most work for my son and us as parents, to the other extreme of total schooling in the in the in the public school system right here in Louisiana. And there's got there. I need to do some some awareness and some unlearning, some unteaching of some of that nonsense, even though it's mostly good, good conservative school. And then we got private school somewhere in the middle. My point is, pick a path. It doesn't have to be a forever path. It probably won't be. Be aware of what you're learning and have enough discernment and presence and connection to know where you got to do unlearning or unteaching. You know, I, I wanted you guys on this today, on the podcast today, because you guys have been doing men's work for quite some time, uh, and some of you up to 20 plus years. And uh, that's a pretty powerful statement to have that length of time where your introspection, you're, you're working on yourself, you're doing the hard work. So what I wanted to ask each of you is, is what have you seen? You all have kids. And I'm curious to see what have you have you gotten any feedback from your kids as you've progressed or have you seen any results from your kids as you're moving along to give you the feedback that, yes, you're on the right path? Because some listeners, they may they may be doing things. And, and you know, a lot of times if you don't have somebody telling you, yes, that's the right move, the data points require that, that you see it in your kids. So I'm, I'm really curious to see. Um, from each of you guys, what are your kids telling you? What are they showing you? And how do you know you're doing the right thing? Uh, Simon, or I guess, take away, let's start with Jason this time. Jason, what, what are your thoughts? And one of the things I did after my very first Thumos weekend, <clears throat> because I had my eyes opened around the awareness in my relationship with my family and my kids, was I asked my kids how I'm doing as a dad. And I had never done that before, Charlie. But what I learned on the weekend from a lot of other men who were very experienced uh, dads and very experienced in men's work as well. Was there's no one better to ask. If you want to know how you're doing as a dad, you can ask your wife. And that's going to she's going to be able to give you some some valuable data on that but your kids man how they see you is so important so really what men's work did for me is through sharing with other men that were ex 
in in the same place in life as I was and some that were further along. I was able to realize that some of the answers I was looking for were right under my nose the whole time. So I asked my kids for that advice and I took it. And that changed that changed the game for me. That's special. Uh, it, Jason, what you mentioned sounds so simple. Oh, just go ask your kids. But boy, really asking your kids and really meeting them where they need to be in order to understand that is huge. So thanks for sharing that. Um, uh, Simon, what, what are your thoughts on on feedback from, from kids? Well, so I've got a uh, I've got a very interesting news story <clears throat> to share when we when we hopefully get to talk a little bit about um, you know physical intimacy and and the modeling of that. But um, to to this specific question, it was really interesting. I had a uh, a challenging uh, conversation with my oldest daughter uh, yesterday morning, and um, and and so one of the things that I've I've tried to raise in my children, I've tried to raise them to challenge authority respectfully um, and to to be willing to to push back right and and to have conversations because I'm, I'm raising young adults I'm not I'm not raising children and uh, so my my oldest daughter came to me and and my wife uh, yesterday morning uh, and actually she she had a job to go get to she ended up leaving probably 30 40 minutes later than she should have to have this conversation but it was around how she felt that her two younger siblings were not, um, you know, not really meeting the standards, and from my point, being held to the same standards academically that she and her older brother had been. And so she was coming with this concept of, hey, you know, I know they learn differently, you know, but but by you, you know, acknowledging my, my youngest one's an auditory learner, the only auditory learner in my family. And so it's been challenging because I'm a visual learner. And so, you know, a lot of my tactics and strategies that help me and my other kids don't work on her. And so, you know, I've I've tried to allow her some some room. Um, and, but my oldest daughter said, you know what? She's coming to me saying, well, I can't do this. I can't do that because I'm auditory. And it's in, and she's like, I believe that she's seeing it. She's perceiving it as a weakness. Um, she's perceiving it as a crutch, a handicapped. Uh, and, and, and so she was challenging me and my wife saying, you know, I, I think you need to step into this more. I think you need to, to help her, you know, figure out her strategies and tactics because, she can't just be happy with A's and B's when she could be getting A's. And, and so we had a really interesting conversation about, well, academics and, and what really is an A versus a B, you know, that, that, that there is spectrum of, of how people learn and intelligence. And I'm, I'm not I'm never going to think that all four of my kids have the same intelligence. In fact, I know it not to be true. Um, and, and but as a challenge as a dad to have this young adult, she's 17, um, come to me and respectfully, it was a great conversation. I would do it again, but to, to point out to me ways in which she does not believe that I am holding my own children to the standard that I set for her and her brother. And both in a, in a intention of helping, um, but then also I, I sat there when she left the room, I turned to my wife and I'm like, damn, she's going to be an awesome mom and an awesome wife that, that, that she's seeing these things and wanting success for our tribe so much. 
that she's willing to come invest her time um, to to try to better it. And not in a, you know, they suck kind of way, but in a really wanting the tribe, the Van Dykes, to, to improve. And so to me, I was just, it was a proud dad moment that one, she had the guts to come have that conversation, but two, that she came in the right frame of mind and was really, truly trying to figure out how do we all get better. And that was just really cool to see. And I've got some work to do. The truth is my little one is our fourth. I don't put the same amount of time into creative new ideas that I did when my oldest one was first getting to high school. And so some of that I'm dropping the ball too. And and she politely pointed that out. Yeah. Does some of that, uh, does that feed you? Does that feed you and fuel you to continue your journey? Oh, absolutely, man. Because again, like I realize I've got five years until my littlest one is out of my house. You know, assuming she she you know leaves for college and doesn't come back. Um, and that's wild to me, right? And then to the next generation, like in four or five years, I could have a grandson or granddaughter. Like that's 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 crazy. But but no, it does. Especially it's kind of like Jason said. I mean. I didn't even have to ask. She volunteered that, right? Um, and and that's cool. It's exciting. So Jody, I'm really curious to hear from you, man. You you were in the corporate world. You started your own company to, to do men's work through Thumos. And uh, I'm curious, what is your what is your thought on feedback from your kids? What you're seeing? How they've changed, especially as you've grown. I think it's huge. I remember one of the guys in Thumos asking, you know, us one night on a, on a Zoom call, I don't know, if, how do I know if I'm doing this dad thing right? What a great question. And my answer to that, our answer to that, our feedback was you ask. And that's multiple ask, asking. Like, if I, am I committed to this idea of purposeful, present parenting? The answer is yes, absolutely. Like, I care a lot about how I show up as a dad because I've gone through the exercise of let's strip everything back, whether it's money, whether it's job and all this noise that takes place in a man's head over and over and over again. The relationships with our family, specifically our wives or sons or daughters, like it, it, it's, it floats to the top always along with health because we don't have health. What do we have? So from that point, I'm absolutely about purposeful parenting. And I think the one way to ask, to answer, to, to get a response to, am I showing up as a good dad? Am I doing this right? Is to ask. Ask God. Ask within in prayer and meditative time. Ask yourself. Ask your wife. Think of the power of that right there. Ask your tribe. If this is men listening, find your tribe. Find you some connected real brothers that aren't just playing Sunday football and ass grab. Find some real brothers to have real life questions, tactics, tools, techniques, because it's game changing. If I showed up to 100 calls last uh, last year and 100 before that. Exactly 100. In four weekends, I do that. Because I love the work of, of upgrading and optimizing my life, I do that because my wife sees the results and I do that because I'm showing up as a better dad, far from perfect, but so much better than I was 15 years ago. I hear men all the time. They go, my parents did the best they could. And sometimes I verbalize it, but I almost always think, no, they didn't. 
that's okay. They did what they did, and that's okay. And we're gonna and we're gonna love them and and help you work through whatever issues. We have an opportunity. Our dads did not. Their dads definitely did not. We have Zoom. We're circling up. We're doing weekends. We have an opportunity to do the best we can do in this short period that we do life together. Mm. You know, the the tenets that we talk about in Thumos are mind, body, spirit, and heart. And we are physical beings. So I'm really curious on this topic of modeling intimacy or connection. We talk about connection. When you talk about mind, spirit, and heart, people can sort of relate to to that form of connection, but in particular, the body, physical touch. How does intimacy and physical touch affect your kids and how are you modeling that? How how are you growing in that space and, and what are your thoughts around that? Because, uh, you know, that that's another piece that uh, I think is pretty important, along with the, the mind, spirit and heart piece. Um, Jason, what, what do you what do you think about that on, in terms of the physical touch? I think um, when intimacy is present. Physical touch is medicine. Right. Um, there's just something about it that you can't replace with anything else. Um, when When you hug someone that you care about. You get a, there's a chemical reaction that takes place within the body that sets you at ease. It calms the nervous system. Right. So to be able to give that to my children as a gift and to be able to have them witness me giving that to their mom is a gift. And it models how they should approach the feminine there. Right. So I think physical touch is one of the most important ingredients of intimacy. Because that is where the chemistry comes in. That is where we share energy quite literally. Mm. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about that. Sharing energy literally. <laughs> That's cool, man. Uh, Simon, what, what do you think? Yeah, so um, it's, it's funny. To just to hit Jason's point, it's it's not even just energy. Uh, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and, I, man, I'm getting way more into the microbiome and its importance in our life. And there's, there's studies now showing that um, that married men who, who share a bed and intimacy with a, a spouse or a significant other, the study wasn't unique, um, actually their microbiomes improve, that, that we actually, uh, whether it be from, from kissing or just intimate contact that our microbiomes begin to share and little little buggies that she has that you don't have migrate and uh and so we can enhance our microbiome literally through physical touch um but but it, from the intimacy side that just you got me on a rabbit trail um man i think it's it's uh it's it's again it's 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 something that brings surety right Kids so often need to know that their parents are strong. Um, and without naming names, I, my, my, my oldest daughter uh, shared with me a conversation with, with her boyfriend. Uh, we, we, took, we took the whole family over Christmas break. We took them bowling. And so it was the main event and we're bowling and, you know, put, put me and my wife and uh, I think my daughter and her boyfriend on one side and then everyone else, you know, the other kids and my oldest son and, and his girlfriend on the other. 
Um, but as we were bowling, you know, I was coming up and, you know, if, if Laura did well, I'd come up and, you know, put my arms around her waist and, and, you know, give her a squeeze or, you know, I'd come up and high five her, you know, give her a quick peck. I mean, nothing super crazy, but at one point, um, you know, she, she hit a strike and, you know, she came up and kind of jumped in my arms. I lifted her up and uh, turned around and looked at the, you know, uh, the the pins down. And I kind of wrapped my arms around her from behind. And uh, my daughter's boyfriend noticed that. And so in a subsequent date a week later, he's like, you know, I don't know that I've seen that in my parents in years. And he actually, he, he kind of teared up uh, and they had a really deep conversation because he's like, you know, I know they're good. But do I know they're good? And 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 it was just really interesting from an outside perspective in my kids don't know anything other. They've always seen us holding hands in church when we're singing praise songs before the sermon starts. They've they've always seen us sitting next to each other. And last night we all went to a play at the Katy High School and you know, we're sitting down afterwards chatting about the play and my littlest one, you know, thirteen years old, um, picking a place to sit. There were a few other places, but she came over and brought a blanket and sat next to me and, you know, is literally, you know, almost kind of spooning on me because we're in this chair together and and she's got blanket. She's just cozying up with dad. And like, I want them to realize that you, that, that being close with somebody doesn't have to be sexual, that, that it can just be intimate. And there's a line there. And, and, and if they're dating someone, especially some young crazy boy, well, then they need to know where that line is. Um, but but that intimacy doesn't necessarily mean sex. And I think so often guys approach physical touch as that that button that, OK, we got to start turning up the dial. So I'm going to touch your arm and I'm going to touch your shoulder and I'm going to and I'm going to do these things. Right. Um, but what about intimacy for intimacy's sake? What about intimacy that doesn't lead to sex? Um that to me is the thing I want to model. Not that, you know, my my girls see that, you know, dad wants mom, but just that dad loves being close to mom. Right? Mm. <clears throat> Jody, what do you what do you think about this? I think touch is huge and I'm purposeful around it. I wish someone would have told me, Jody, at the age of 14 with Sam, your window's going to close. And so if you're hearing this for the first time, dads, at the age of 14-ish, it might be 13, it might be 15, a window does kind of sort of close. It's not a fully closed window, but somewhere in there when the hormones kick up, dads don't even have to be very awake to know that, okay, there is, there is a natural distancing that takes place. When your kids are young, you can take a bath with your kid at a certain age. It becomes awkward. You know that, you know that. My point being, I would have liked to have had a little more awareness with my first one. The window is not fully closed. It's just different. And I find different ways to touch. It's a shake of hand. It's, but it's also hugging less right or wrong. It's just different. So dads who are out there, be aware that there's probably a window for you. And the more you can get into good habits, which include touches and hugs and even smiles and, verb and, and using the right words, the more you can start those good habits, 
the earlier you can do that, the easier it is to keep the, the momentum. If you've never said, I love you, I'm proud of you, and you've never hugged your boy or girl, it's a little hard to start at 15. Do start. It's not too late at all. At all. Every 60 year old man that sat up and cried in the center of our circle on a weekend, it's essentially he needed to hear some form of I love you. I'm proud of you. You've got what it takes and it's going to be OK from dad. Even when they're 60 and dad is 80 or dad is dead, they still need to hear that. Go figure. Touch is powerful. There's fundamentals and there's advance in all of this. And what I mean by that is Simon and I over 15 years ago when we started sort of men's work and the whole journey, we were reading foundational books that are fantastic. The five languages of love, the love languages. Go read that. It's fantastic. It's fundamental. The birth order book. Game changing for me. Game changing. Thank God I read it because now I put focused effort on my middle son. Otherwise, it would have been a little different. Those are foundational. I think everybody should read those. Authentic Manhood by Robert Lewis. Raising a Modern Day Night. Foundational books. And then there's the more advanced stuff that we're now learning with the microbiomes and the Gary Breckas and the Dave Asprey's. And we're understanding the microbiomes and the chemical reactions. Because here's the truth. Here's my struggle. Probably all of us. Electronics. We're doping the kids up. It's every man's battle. It's every dad and mom's battle right now, it seems like. That is, a, that is an addiction. That is a chemical reaction that's taking place. Dopamine, to be exact. And we need to balance that with less time. Feet on soil, getting outside for some serotonin. And touch, oxytocin, the chemical of love, as Jason mentioned. So, yes, Charlie, touch ought to be geared towards the person. If a child really doesn't like physical touch, then we need to be very aware of that as men and give that child what he or she needs. And on the flip side, hugging, shaking hands, wrestling, letting them feel the scruff of a dad's face when you're wrestling at five or seven or 10, teaching that son to choke. Look, you, you're never going to feel good enough as a dad, perhaps. I don't. You, you, you may never be a jujitsu black belt. That's okay. Maybe you're not a badass. Wrestle with your seven-year-old. Get skin to skin. It's medicine, as Jason says. Mm. You know, uh, I can certainly vouch for that. My kids are now in their teenager years. And, man, I can remember when it was nothing for them to run and jump on my back and just we'd start wrestling immediately. And it was nothing. It was told. It was almost expected. So for the listeners out there that still have that, it, it you know, take advantage because it goes away. All of a sudden, one day they're not jumping on your back. And and uh, it's like you said, Jody, it just happens. And then you have to find another method for for that physical touch. Um, listen, before we wrap up, guys, I wanted to. Oh, Jody, go ahead. You got something? Yeah, I heard it once said there will come a time where you will pick up your son and daughter and carry him or her. For the very last time. Why don't we live as present, connected dads like that's going to happen? That, to me, is living a purposeful life as a dad with no regrets. Mm, solid. So, <clears throat> guys, uh, before we wrap up, uh, I want to get your final thoughts uh, on on this topic and your thoughts on on your kids and 
whatever comes to your heart right now. Um, I, I, I got to say, uh, it's really been awesome to have all you guys on, the, on this podcast. I want to do this again with some different topics. Um, it, a lot of wisdom dropped here, a lot of experience. And so uh, before we before we knock off, let's uh, let's get some final thoughts from you guys. Uh, Jody. I'll give you some thoughts. I also want to give a few tactics. The thought or the strategy is this. You're never going to be a perfect dad. I'm never going to be perfect. It's not about perfection. It's about progress. It is such a blessing. The world is not getting any nicer, it seems, to men and males especially. This is where dads can lean in. The men is not the, the world is not getting any kinder to females. Go to TikTok, go to Instagram, look at the sexuality. This is where dads lean in. Dads make the difference. It's huge. Go look at any stat. Households with and without dads, any stat. Crime, imprisonment, murder, any stat. It's huge. So, Dad, you're never going to be perfect, but you make a difference. You're, you're probably never going to feel good enough at the core, but you've got what it takes. Go for progress, not perfection. That's sort of the strategy, mindset, heart set piece. Tactics. My wife and I have implemented some fantastic healthy habits. And what I love about healthy habits is it's they're just on automatic. It's just what we do. For example, we get up every morning, three C's, coffee, conversation, connection. She don't drink coffee. She drinks tea. Don't hold that against her. Coffee, connection, conversation. Every single morning, I'm investing in my marriage. That's that's one hour. I had the luxury of leaving corporate America, starting my own business, you know, helping men full time to be better dads included. But that's one hour. My, my boys see that. I'm modeling this shit. I can tell them whatever it is I'm going to tell them, and I need to be, and I am having purposeful conversations, especially around the mistakes that I've made in my past. I married the wrong girl, and that ended up crashing, burning, divorcing. I hid nothing. I've told my boys that because perhaps, just perhaps, I can break whatever chain and cycle, whatever weakness I had to, to, to choose the wrong one. And that's a whole nother conversation. I want to share my regrets in my life just in case my boys can learn from that and know me. To know that their dad is full of flaws, but he's working his butt off and he's real. But it's about stacking healthy habits like that AM coffee connection conversation. We rarely yell. We rarely fight. And if we do, I'm going to go back and clean it up and apologize to all of them when dad loses his shit. All of them, not just the wife. And I tell them what happened, why it happened, what the trigger was, and how I'm going to do better. So I just want to share. Oh, and by the way, I'm modeling eight Fs. I've seen too many men. I know this sounds shallow, but they're 100 pounds overweight. They work themselves to death. Their health is a mess. They're not having any fun. They're worried about their job, and they come home one day to find out that their wife is seeing body, somebody else. If you're the baddest of the badasses, if, you, if you're the most charming, popular, friendly, fun guy in the room, she ain't leaving. She's not leaving you. And I know that sounds shallow, and we're way old beyond that in Thumos, but this first half of life stuff still works. 
So a man, I think the best thing he can do for his relationships, for his wife and his kids, is to look at that relationship with himself, his mind, his body, his spirit, his heart, and go close any major gaps and do more than that. Get optimized where you need to get optimized. The wife will see that and respect it and never fall out of love, hopefully. Those are my thoughts. Jason, final thoughts. Charlie, I, I like to keep things pretty simple. And I think the the number one thing that we can do to raise our kids well is to be happy. You know, um, when when we're patient, patience is associated with being in a good place mentally. When, we're, when we can be kind and generous, um, that's also associated with with being in a good, joyful place, right? Where impatience and stinginess uh, would indicate that we're not maybe in the best mental state, um, that we're we're not expanding, we're contracting. Um, we're showing affection when we're happy. When we're unhappy, hopefully we put enough deposits in the bank that we can get some of that affection back, that we can get that consolation when we need it, right? But ultimately, how we treat our children is how they'll treat their children. It's the biggest lesson they'll ever receive. We can put them in French class for four to five years and they'll probably get pretty close to being fluent in French. We have to remember that we are their teacher for 18 years. And they're always watching, they're always listening, and they're always learning. So creating an environment where you are happy is how they learn to be happy. Thanks, Jason. Uh, Simon, you got the final thoughts, man. I don't know if I can follow those two. Those are those are pretty pretty solid. Um, you know, I think I think the the big thing for me and more of a realization lately, um, I uh, was turned on to a sermon series. And it was based around the um, personality uh, system of the Enneagram and um, started really finding some value in identifying uh myself and my kids and and their significant others now right so we have we have you know two people who are kind of adding into that mix so gone from six to you know eight ish and um you know the, the the biggest thing is i think learning to meet your your wife and your kids where they're at understanding who they are and and you have to be, like Jason said, happy. You have to be. You, you have to be at that point of patience and that kind of uh, that 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 point in life where you're kind of thinking about abundance to to feel like you have the time to do that. But um, you know, taking out and and dating your daughters, dating your sons, even though that sounds weird, but but having that purposeful time that Jody talked about, where you can have that conversation. It's one thing for Jason to go up to his son and say, how am I doing as a dad? But if they're in the middle of, you know, cooking dinner or, you know, doing some yard work, that's not going to be the conversation he really wants. Setting aside time to go, you know, my family is go get boba, um, but to, to go do something that that it's just me and one other person. Um, drive time. Man, there's plenty of times that's been right. You captured audience, right? They're stuck in the car with you. If you're at high speed, they can't even jump out. Um, but but having those, have investing in the people in your life, 
to be able to better understand what they need and where they're at so you can meet them there. I think, you know, getting back to the intimacy piece, um, that's that's really what I'm working towards is, um, you know, I can't treat everyone the same. Um, and and equal is not always fair and fair is not always equal. But I can take the time and set aside purposefully the time to invest in each one of my kids and my wife. And um, and so that's that's something you have to choose to do because there's other things that could easily you know take me away. Um, but that that would be my want for anyone listening today is, you know, sit down and try to, to plan some time to take each of your significant people in your tribe, in your circle and 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 invite them out. Find find 15, 20 minutes at least, if not longer. And uh, and just listen, find out where they're at and where where they want to go and, and see if you can't be a part of that. And if you do that, you're going to build intimacy if you're coming at it with the right frame of mind. Thank you, Simon. Thank you all for listening today. Uh, If you like what you've heard, please remember to follow, share, give us a strong review. And if you're a man out there searching for improvement and growth, be sure to check out Strong Dad's community. Um, You can check us out on social media or dot com. And with that, Jason, Simon, Jody, thank you guys for, for just dropping your experience, sharing your wisdom today. It's been a pleasure. Um, Everybody, I think we're going to wrap it up. So uh, with that, we're out. Peace.